I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a podcast that explores the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. Every episode, we break down the latest news in the space and are joined by some of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. This is Crypto on the Beat. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, all the headlines making waves in today's digital economy, plus my interview with Patrick Moxie, a two-time label founder who is making Web3 and NFTs an integral part of his most recent label, Helix. When we were trying to get records onto the radio and trying to get records played by the gatekeepers, they were very resistant. So um, I'd say technology has really been there to help electronic music grow to become one of the biggest musics in the world. All that and more in our full conversation coming up in just a bit. But first, let's check some headlines. Linkin Park has just released a groundbreaking music video for their song Lost that was entirely generated by artificial intelligence. Using an AI-powered graphics engine, the band created the video with a simple prompt that outlined their vision for the potential video. The final product features original artwork, archival footage, and an incredibly realistic animation of the voice and likeness of former lead singer Chester Bennington, who tragically passed in 2017. Though the band remains on indefinite hiatus since his passing, this video has given fans something to be excited about for the first time in years and showcases the exciting possibilities of AI in the music industry. David Guetta has made history by becoming the first major DJ to integrate AI into his music. The global superstar recently stumbled upon websites that allow users to write lyrics in the style of any artist and another that allows users to recreate iconic voices such as Eminem's. Now using these tools, Guetta typed in, write a verse in the style of Eminem about future rave and created a track that he played at a club with incredible reception from the crowd. Now, while he acknowledges that he can't release the track commercially for obvious reasons, Geta is now a firm believer that AI will play a major role in the future of music. And despite the dominant presence of crypto ads during the 2022 Super Bowl, this year's game saw a total absence of such ads. According to the Sports Business Journal, companies such as FTX had arrangements in place, but ultimately withdrew for a range of reasons. Uh, given the challenging year that crypto faced in 2022, it's possible that shelling out $7 million for a 30-second spot wasn't the most prudent decision for these companies at this time. Let's welcome to the show, uh, really an iconic figure in the music industry. Uh, this man started throwing warehouse parties in downtown New York during the late 80s and early 90s, uh, founded Payback Records with a focus on hip hop, uh, then the now iconic dance label Ultra Records, and just last year uh, launched his latest project, which is called Helix Records, which is going to become the first label in music history to onboard its entire artist roster to Web3. Uh, here to talk about all of that and a lot more, uh, let's welcome Patrick Moxie to Crypto on the Beat. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, very excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, before we dive in, uh, I'd love it if you could just give us a, a little bit of a background on you, uh, maybe your interest in technology as well, and uh, for sure, how you yourself got onboarded uh, to Web3 and crypto. Yeah. So basically, you know, music background, um, as you mentioned, warehouse parties led to artist management, led to having uh, my label Payday Records, put out records by Jay-Z and Most Def. 
From there, I went to Virgin Records, where I did A&R. Beanie Man, who I was managing, I signed to the label. We made a record that uh, won the reggae Grammy. And then uh, I met Pharrell during the process of recording Beanie Man, and I signed N.E.R.D., No One Ever Really Dies, his rock project. And then he brought me Khalees, so we signed Khalees. And then from there, building up Ultra Records with artists like, you know, David Guetta, Calvin Harris, uh, Tiesto, Cascade, Dead Mouse, various other people I signed to Ultra Records. And now Helix is the new label that's been going since um, this is our eight month of releases. So technology has, I would say, has always been a friend for music. It's also been an enemy sometimes as well. But it's always been a friend, and um, I'm very proud to say that I was the one doing the first DJ mixes on the iTunes store. And that at the time was quite groundbreaking, you know? We called them Ultra Eye Trance, Ultra Eye Dance. So there's always ways, uh, especially for marketing and especially for promotion, where technology provides the new platforms and the new avenues for people to break into the business. So it's always like the changes and shifts and new platforms that sometimes can help new trends in music take off, you know, where the established uh, trends are in already in with the gatekeepers. It's sometimes it's like what causes the revolutions is technology with new platforms and new access for new music. So for me, it was only logical to have Helix Records be very involved across its roster on the Web3 platform. And like you mentioned, even before Helix, you were you were always pushing the envelope with tech. I remember, uh, you know, a Kygo video you did, uh, I think it was in 2017, where you introduced virtual reality uh, at a time that many people were not talking about VR. So tech has always played a big role in music, but it feels like more than ever, that's ramping up now, right? It is. It is. It's like everything is a bit on fast forward and it's it's very exciting. So let's get into Helix. I mean, this is a really exciting time for you. You mentioned it's been less than a year. Your name was synonymous with Ultra. People, of course, uh, if, especially if you're a dance fan, uh, you know a lot about the iconic label, but it's in the past for you, and, and it's all about Helix. If you are a dance fan, there's some names on there that are familiar. San Holo, uh, Marshall Jefferson, Jamie Jones already. But you have plans to onboard this entire roster to Web3. So kind of take us through the Helix story a little bit and uh, you know how you see Web3 being such a big part of it. Yes. So Helix is very much about changing the way that uh, music is getting out to the world and how I can champion artist music and bring it directly to the world, which is why we don't have a distributor, which is highly unusual. If the majors are releasing 2,000 records a week or 3,000 records a week, we're put, only putting out three or four, but we're giving them a lot of love and a lot of attention. And I view the NFT world as another way to bring the artist directly to the fans. So super excited about the launch of our Genesis Pass for Helix Records, which is going to take place at the beginning of March. What type of benefits is this going to offer to somebody who gets involved with it, this Genesis Pass? Well, I wouldn't say it's exactly the entire roster, but it's everyone on the roster who wants to be involved in the project. And so far, we've had nothing but yeses from the roster. So... Our roster includes great artists like, you know, Jamie Jones and two friends who are playing at Coachella coming up. We also have Snake Hips, who are amazing. Arco, a super exciting band. Empire of the Sun meets MGMT meets Foster the People. So everyone in their own way has things to bring to the table towards an NFT. And I think that's the beauty of the Genesis Pass of Helix. Each artist can bring their own NFT in their own way. So some of these people have skills as visual artists, as well as being music artists. 
Some of them have deep tech skills in terms of creation of music, and they can show things in the music making technology or sharing stems. Um, so in, in I think each NFT that goes on within the Helix Pass is in the image of the artists themselves. So it could be stems, it could be uh, artwork, it could be different types of fan interaction, merchandise, um, ticketing. There's ways to set up things uh, backstage or to put a fan in a video, vinyl giveaways. So I'm pretty excited about how all the range of possibilities are open through the NFT platform and through the Genesis Pass of Helix. Sure. I'm curious about these conversations that you're having with your artists about this, about Web3, especially with, say, a guy like Marshall Jefferson, uh, been in the game since uh, the 1980s. Great personality, very colorful. I mean, are they as excited uh, about this as you, or does it take a little bit uh, of selling and explaining? Marshall's reaction has been, he's texting me like, I'm so on board. I'm so all about this. Like, let's go. You know, he's like, how do we do this? Let's go. You know, and for the guy that in 19... 1986 changed the world with Move Your Body, Marshall Jefferson being really the father of house music. I'm so excited that we can show his music to the world in a new way. When I started out, you know, I started, for example, Ultra Records having them $8,000 to press one 12-inch vinyl. Those 12 inches became cassettes, those cassettes became CDs, those CDs became the Apple download store, from there it went to streaming. And now clearly NFTs, in my mind, are the next way the most three-dimensional way of music and artists reaching their fans across all types of things. So I'm I'm very excited about the whole process. Yeah, a story that we've heard a lot on the show from artists and also Web3 execs is, is the idea, the financial side in particular of the music industry, for lack of a better word, might be broken, right? Antiquated, needs some updating. We've seen a lot of startups that have come through here over the past couple of years offering uh, ideas, whether it be selling off percentages of songs or albums to their fans or other forms of, of NFT sales. I'm just curious to get your take on this from as a, as a label owner and, and your perspective. I mean, do you see this as well as, you know, maybe the, this Web3 and NFT uh, offers a new opportunity uh, to make money for, for an artist? And, and, and this is, you know, something innovative all of the above uh, i think it's very important what the nfts are composed of and so even like with marshall jefferson he's very aware that he wants to put things in his nft that really speak to the fans and he's still working out what the details of that will be but we'll be doing his launch about two weeks after the launch of the uh, of the genesis pass of helix so with marshall you know there's so much around move your body it's an iconic piece of music People can basically buy to have a piece of this unique piece of this piece of music, but there's also other interview bits and other things that Marshall is thinking about putting into the package to really make it worthwhile. I think it's fine to sell pieces of royalties and so on, but I think it's it's also about providing original and unique content to these NFTs. I mean, to me, somehow, just if it's purely about royalties, then it's sort of like a banking transaction. I mean, I, th I think it should be the artists need to express themselves on the platform and bring things to the table that'll be unique to the, to the fan and to the buyer. Yeah. And I think the fans will be the first ones to know whether something is authentic or not. And they will gravitate towards that, which is, of course, and, uh, you know, shy away from, you know, things that seem like a cash grab. Just yeah. fascinating to hear you, you know, talk this way. I mean, you know, let's say five, certainly 10 years ago, all of these ideas were, were you know, nowhere to be found. It's obvious the role of the record label 
is changing. Uh, we had a guy, uh, Mike Shinoda, uh, Lincoln Park. I'm sure you're familiar. He was on this show late last year. He's also a Web3 advisor to Warner Music Group. And he's saying things like, in the future, all music releases are going to need to come with some sort of digital component, uh, be it metaverse or NFT related, and labels need to be prepared for that reality. Um, it also sounds like you, you echo those sentiments, right? Absolutely. You can't turn back the clock. You have to work with it. And when I think about NFT and the way that it brings the artists and the fans closer together, how it's the building digital building blocks and different rights holders can get cleanly compensated. It's just a it's a, it's an improvement. I'll just say it's an improvement. Sure. I know you're you're less than a year into this endeavor, but I'm sure you always, you know, you have a, a blueprint for where you hope to be three, five, ten years down the line. You believe that Helix can be as big or bigger than anything that you've created in the past. Absolutely. Because being like bringing music directly to fans is, is with the help of technology is what's been so revolutionary. You know, we used to be very dependent, let's say, on the major labels to bring our music to the fans. But now we can bring music really directly to people. It, it, to me, it's extremely exciting. So you have the uh, Genesis Pass that's launching next month. Uh, I mean, just thoughts on, uh, you know, let's say metaverse shows idea and having your artists maybe get involved uh, in that way. We've seen, you know, quite a few big artists, especially in dance music doing this, be it in Roblox or, or you know, different platforms. I think Calvin Harris just did one recently on TikTok. I mean, is this something that's on your radar and that you might potentially look to get involved with? Absolutely. And we're speaking right now with various gaming platforms. I think the gaming platforms are particularly interesting to me just because the audiences are huge. Some of the other sites, it's interesting where they're selling real estate on certain sites. You know, their traffic numbers are still struggling, I would say. You know, people might go there for an event, but there's not that much of an audience where in the gaming, the audiences are massive. Yeah, we had Cascade on the show talking about uh, something he did in Roblox. He's like, yeah, Tuesday afternoon, you know, 1.5 million people, you know, on the yeah. platform. But it's it's interesting that you bring that up. We, Sandbox, for example, makes a lot of headlines. You know, this person's in there doing this and that. But yes, the numbers are not there yet. So I think it goes to show we do, I think, have a ways to go with uh, a lot of this technology. A lot of us are, you know, still experimenting, which I think uh, you are as well, in a way. Anything we do with Genesis Pass and with our artists, we're going to really endeavor to bring value, bring original content and new things to the table for fans and be able to them to get it exclusively and own a piece of the experience. Certainly. And uh, one other thing I do, I do want to ask you about, which seems to be like, uh, you know, becoming more prevalent in music is, is AI. This is something not just in music. I mean, we're seeing chat GPT in the last two months, you know, just became the first platform to hit 100 million users. By comparison, it took Instagram, I think, two and a half years to do that. David Guetta, I think, just used AI to sample a song and, you know, played it out in the club. Just, I mean, thoughts on AI as being, you know, a big part of, of the future of the music industry? Absolutely. I, I really, I think it's real. Certainly all the most intelligent people in the music business that I know are thinking about it, talking about it. I think it's both fascinating, terrifying, etc. from a <laughs> traditional music business perspective. But I think, you know, for example, the Google uh, Music AI experimented a bit with this. And right now it sounds pretty much like bad library music. It's It's not there, but you can see in three years, how it could become really good library music. So that puts a whole question mark, I would say, over music libraries, you know. But whether that can get to the point of really replicating those unique things about 
what humans do in terms of songwriting and those type of things, I, I I'm still not sure what timeline that is on, you know? Yeah. It's no question. There's, there's a lot happening in music. Uh, the industry is changing, you know, really, uh, before our very eyes. And it's an exciting time for you. I mean, this is, uh, this is your third major record label that you're looking to start. You know, you've had great success, uh, you know, with the previous two. Are you as motivated as ever to like see, you know, this, this third one, uh, you know, maybe surpass those? Or, I mean, is it difficult I, I, to come I, out of? I'm so, I'm, Danny, I'm so motivated and I'm so excited and I'm enjoying the process so much. You know, for example, as we sit here today, there are Helix records, you know, in rotation at Sirius BPM, in rotation at Sirius Diplo channel, in rotation at Sirius Pitbull channel, on uh, Drake's OVO channel. So it's the same around the world, you know, Triple J. So already it's really building. And eight months out, I've just been so touched, you know, by the response from managers and artists to a system where their music is really brought in a more boutique way so that they're out of the crush of 2,000 records a week. I'm really excited about it, and uh, I know the roadmap well. We know the international very well. We're set up in uh, 10 countries with people on the ground doing uh, various aspects of marketing promotion. And we have a very good sync operation in the traditional sync world. We've already had uh, various commercials uh, last year, hundreds of TV uh, syncs, gaming syncs. Uh, we just had a, a, a song in the um, in the Super Bowl commercial. It's onwards and upwards. You know, I'm 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 thrilled to be 100% independent, dealing with the managers and artists that I like to work with. Very exciting, and it's primarily dance music at this point in time. Do you notice a connection between uh, artist and dance that seem to gravitate towards this Web three stuff? I'd say more than any other, any other genre. A hundred percent. And I would say, you know, it's been this way for a while, the strong connection between electronic music and technology. When we were trying to get records onto the radio and trying to get records played by the gatekeepers, they were very resistant, you know, and I'll never forget. It took a, lo a lot of pushing for me to get Love Is Gone by David Guetta onto the Z100 for the first time. You know, it took a lot to get there. So before that point, really, the Internet was what was helping us what was spreading the word. It was touring. It was really underground music to a large extent as we built the Cascades and, and, and everyone else. Uh, it was it was their gigging and the internet, uh, all kinds of press and guerrilla marketing. So um, I'd say technology has really been there to help electronic music grow to become one of the biggest musics in the world. So much has changed since you started out, I guess, in the late 80s doing the warehouse parties. Just for you, with everything we talked about today, maybe even beyond, what's the biggest change in the music industry that you've seen during your time? I mean, such a big thrill to me. Just happened to be in L.A. during Grammys. And who do I run into? It's it's Paz from De La Soul. And we start talking because I did his first concert ever for De La Soul in my warehouse party, Payday Party, which was in the East Village. I think we did it in the, uh, up the stairs of a Ukrainian national home. And now, <laughs> so exciting, you know, finally the the samples are finally getting all cleared out on Three Feet and Rising, potholes in my lawn, all that stuff's about to come out. So I love being there with Poss, who's probably thinking about his NFTs and everything like that, but remembering where we came from. 
Sure. And uh, I mean, look at Snoop Dogg, a guy that's also been there since the beginning, right? Look what he's doing with Death Row. I mean, he's also one of the leading proponents of, of this stuff. So it's exciting to watch. Um, I appreciate you coming on here to talk about all this. I mean, you, you're a wealth of you know, music industry knowledge and, and history. And uh, I know our audience loves a good story. So anything that you want to share, whether it, you know, from studio with an artist, from a, a warehouse party back in New York, once upon a time, you know, we all love a good story. The one thing that I loved about those days in terms of, you know, warehouses and, and, and so on like that, if you were in the right place on the right day of the week, you had that feeling that you were in the one place in the world that was the most important place. So it might have been the fact that, you know, when Della were performing their first show in the audience, you know, Keith Haring was there because Keith Haring used to make invites for my parties because he loved the music. He loved the scene. Or we might have had Spike Lee there who ended up doing a great video for my group Gangstar, who I was managing. But you had that sense of like the culture, everything was going off in that one place. And I'm encouraged to see today that you could do this digitally, where people could come in from different places in the world find the right place to be and be a part of it. But it is that sense of culture and community. And that's what I'm working on putting around Helix, the new label. That's what I've done with my labels in the past. And that's what we're building going forward with Helix. Sounds great. And I think we'll leave it at that. Patrick Moxie, Helix Records, uh, looking for exciting things from this label uh, as we head deeper into 2023. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Patrick Moxie, founder of Payback, Ultra, and now Helix Records. It was so interesting to hear a label owner's perspective on many of the issues that we've discussed on this show over the past year, and to see someone of his stature acknowledging and embracing the changes occurring in the music industry, particularly in terms of the opportunities that Web3 is offering to both artists and fans, definitely speaks volumes. As we predicted on this show early last year, Web3 has now become firmly entrenched in the music industry. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypt on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Doherty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts.